In today's show, I'm looking at players who might be buy low targets for trades in fantasy basketball leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're looking at buy low trades here today. Remember, don't go out and acquire these guys at any cost. If you can get them at a discount, great. If you can't, don't worry about it. That's what these things are. Not every trade needs to be executed. Guys, let's talk about them right now. We'll start off with category leagues. I think Rashawn Holmes is on this list. Uh, Not I think he's on this list. I know he's on this list because I can see him on this list. He's outside the top 150 over the last two weeks. 22 minutes a game, averaging 11 and 6. And you see that and you go, that's not that different, Josh, from what he's doing this year. He's averaging 13 and 8. It's enough of a difference. But he's also had uh, two blocks in four games. His free throws have gone down to 67%, down from 78%, and he's down from 65 to 60% from the field. And all those things add up, amazingly, to a 100-spot drop in rankings. Oh, he also hasn't had a single... Uh, sorry, he's had two steals in four games as well. Now, that's not that different from where he averages, but basically down right across the board, Rashawn Holmes. Dealing with an injury, had some foul trouble in those games before his injury. There are people in some leagues, they are crazy, but there are people in some leagues that will drop Rashawn Holmes, and in that case, then you get him as a buy-low for absolutely nothing. It's it's a free buy-low. But otherwise, with the way that he's playing at the moment, the production's down, people are worried, oh, what about Hassan Whiteside? He's still good. He's not, but people think that he might still be good. And they look at Marvin Bagley, and they think Holmes is some sort of flash in the pan. You can get him at a cheaper deal. He is the 53rd ranked player over the course of this season. I think even if he regresses from there, and I think he probably maybe ends up, you know, 65 around that sort of range. You've got a bit of scope from where he's currently, his current level is. So you throw out a top 100 player, a top 110 player, and you see if you can make it happen. Throwing a top 70 player out for Rashawn Holmes is not a buy low. It's not a deal that I'd be bothering to make. A top 100, a top 120 player, absolutely I'd be doing that. Gauge the interest of that person who has Holmes, are they a Holmes believer? Did they acquire him, um, yeah, pick him high in the draft? Did they get him off waivers? Just to see how they value him and then try and make a deal that way. The second guy, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. OG Ananobi, now I bring him up here because literally people have asked me, hey, do I do I drop OG? He's been disappointing. That's uh, That is literally questions that I've been asked. And that goes back to the idea of actual value versus perceived value. He's the 49th ranked player this year. He's 53rd over the last two months, 55th over the last month. But over the last week, he's 134th. He's struggling a bit coming back from injury. He's had one steal in three games. He's shooting fine, but not hitting threes. He's not attempting threes. And that's dropped his value. He's averaging 14 and 6 for this year with almost two steals and half a block, hitting over two threes. But in the last three, he's averaging 11 points. He's hit one three in three games. He's had one steal in three games. And that makes people panic, apparently. 
Ananobi should be viewed as a top 60 to 65 player, maybe even higher. But if people are willing to drop him, and it's not going to be everybody, obviously, people will value this guy. But that last little yeah, games, that little group of games has not been great for him. So again, throw a top 100 player, throw a top 80 player there. Because I feel pretty confident that Ananobi is going to be yeah, close to, at least getting close to that top 50 mark for the rest of the season or in that top 60 zone. So any sort of top 80, top 90 guy that you throw out there to get him or throw out two guys ranked around the 100 mark to get him, two for one deals are often a good way of being able to confuse and bamboozle people. Um, that's what I'd be trying to do for OG Ananobi. Michael Porter Jr. Now I talked about this extensively on yesterday's recap um, that Malone doesn't like him. I'm not sure the organization likes him and he's going to have a pretty quick hook. And I stand by all that, you know, complete 100% conjecture and guesswork. But that's that's still how I feel. But in saying that, he's outside the top 110 over the last two weeks, outside the top 130 over the last week. And I think the minutes will be a bit weird when Gary Harris returns, but we don't know when that's going to be. But I'll tell you one thing I feel pretty confident with. He's shooting 41% from the field over his last four games. 29% from three. This guy is a career 40% three-point shooter. Yes, it's a very small career, but he is a career 40% three-point shooter. So 29% from deep and 41% overall isn't going to stick. Look, those numbers are going to bounce back. And then he goes from 130th ranked player to the 60th ranked player or the 70th or the 80th ranked player. It bumps, remember, three-point percentage is one of the biggest fantasy modifiers you have because increasing your three-point percentage increases your field goal percentage, it increases your three-pointers made, and it increases your points. So you go from 29% from three to 40% from three, you gain an extra two to three points per game, you gain you know four to five percentage points, six percentage points maybe on your field goal percentage overall, and your three-pointers maybe you, you, could, you could end up doubling them, or at least a 50% rise there. So it is a massive modifier, and when someone is down as far as he is in terms of the shooting, and, and that's not just minutes, he's averaging 27 minutes for the season, and over the last week he's averaging 27 minutes. But the ranking difference is almost 70 spots, and that is almost entirely due to the shooting falling off in a big way. And that will come back, and we're not expecting top 30 Michael Porter Jr. We're throwing out a top 100 guy, a top 120 guy, and under the expectation that that shooting returns. Um, people who have Porter are absolutely frustrated, rightfully so, and you can use that to your advantage, I believe. All right, let's talk about the Baptist, John Collins. Yeah, hey, you're a John Collins hater, Josh. All right, cool. Uh, over the last week, he's the 121st ranked player. And while I have laid out my concerns for him ad nauseum and what his value will be, he's the 59th ranked player this year. I think he'll be in that 65 to 70 range when all is said and done. But over the last two weeks, he's ranked 94th. And over his last four games, he's 121st. Why? Percentages. More specifically, three-point percentage. Over the last seven games, he is hitting 25% of his threes. He is also, over the last four games, hitting 50% of his twos. And he's a 59% shooter from two. So while I don't expect massive rebounding spike because Clint Capella's grabbing all those, I don't expect him to block two shots per game because that's Clint Capella's job. I don't expect 34 minutes a night because Dylan Gallinari is there and then DeAndre Hunter's going to come back. I don't expect any of those things to change. But I expect him to be better than a 45% shooter. So that goes back to 54%. 53%, the three-pointers go from 25% back to the 38% that he's been shooting. And then you're talking about a 50-60 ranking spot jump just with that. 
His steals are also comically low. Now, I'm not sure whether they change, but they are at 0.5 per game. He was at 0.8 last year. So there's room for improvement there. But mainly, I just want the shooting to improve. And I think it can pretty easily. He's not a 25% three-point shooter. And I think we can all agree on that. And that's why he is a buy low. But again, we're not buying low thinking John Collins is a top 12 player, a top 20 player, a top 30 player, or even a top 50 player. We're buying low on what he's doing at the moment. We're seeing how frustrated people get. We're seeing if people come round to my idea that, hey, he's not going to be a top 30 player and see how frustrated they are. You're never going to get him one-on-one for a top 120 player. But you throw a top 90 player out there, two top 90 players out there, I'd consider it because I think there is some room for improvement here from Johnny Collins. JB, you've done it again. Jalen Brown, who was on my sell high list a while ago, and now the opposite is true. And there'll be people who don't understand the fantasy basketball who'll come in and say, Josh, how can that be the case? Well, because he was playing above his projections before, and now he's playing below his projections. So that's where you make the most of it. Over the last four weeks, Jalen is the 91st ranked player. Last year, he ranked 60th. Over the last two weeks, he's ranked 77th. Why? The insane efficiency he was showing to begin this season has fallen away. And that should surprise nobody, really. But what we've seen, he's maintained pretty good assist numbers. His steal numbers have fallen off somewhat. His rebound numbers are solid. His scoring and usage, while it's fallen off somewhat, it's pretty solid. But he's gone from a 41% three-point shooter this year to 38 over the last two weeks. And most importantly, his two-point percentage is 48% over the last two weeks and 39% over the last week. Now, while I said his 55 56% shooting at the beginning of the season was due to regress, and obviously I stand by that, it has regressed and it's gone under average now. And then it's going to pop back up. And we're going to see Jalen you know, middle out around the 40 to 50 range, I think, for the rest of the season. Not top 20 like he was to begin the year, but also not top 90 like he is now. So we're not talking about, you know, no one's going to value him as a top 90 player or a top 70 player. But if you can throw a top 50 player, a top 60 player, you know, referencing his numbers from last season, perhaps, and see if we can you know, get, work into the regression at the moment for him, then, then you do it. But don't buy him as a top 20 guy. Let's look at some points leagues players now. Um, Malik Beasley. Yes, we know there is a coaching change in Minnesota. And no, I don't really know what is going to happen in terms of how they're going to change the offense. I think we get a little bit more usage for Towns and probably that hurts Malik Beasley somewhat. I don't know what it means for the rotation, but I'm pretty confident he's still going to play a lot of minutes and have a lot of production. But his last week hasn't been great. 24 fantasy points per game, which is down from the 31 he's averaging this season. I think he can be uh, even better than that. I think he can be like a 35 fantasy point per game guy. But we've seen some big, big dips. Only 15 points per game over his last four, despite playing 37 minutes a night. And you know why that is. And the reason is, is because the shooting numbers have dropped off. Also, his usage has fallen off, which is very interesting with Carl Anthony Towns back. I think that's worth mentioning. Down to 21% usage, down from 25%. Now, is that all Towns? Some of it is. Um, But that's worth mentioning for sure. But Beasley, the 67th ranked player this year, averaging 31 fantasy points per game. But 39% shooting over his last four games, including only 41% from two. So it's not his three-pointers that are suffering. It's his two-pointers, which have fallen way, way off. So I do think that we can get some extra value here out of Malik Beasley by by using the uncertainty of the new coach, by talking up Towns' role, by talking up the fact that Towns' return has decreased his usage. 
and then trying to get him at as, as a top 90 player versus a top 60 sort of guy. Jonas Valanciunas, over the last week, is averaging just 29 fantasy points. Uh, over the last month, he's averaging 36 fantasy points. So that's obviously a dip. Why is that? Well, he's averaging four fewer points per game. His blocks have also dropped in that time. Uh, and he's averaging one fewer rebound per game. Is he an absolute guarantee buy low player? No, because we don't know 100% what's happening with Jaron Jackson Jr. and what his role is going to be when he returns. And, and to be honest, this week in terms of points league players, it was a little bit harder to find some buy low guys. So a lot of these buy low guys in points leagues are a little bit softer than what they've been in other weeks. But I still think you can acquire some sort of value here in Valanciunas. I think he's probably like a 32-point-per-game guy the rest of the season, and he's currently dropping in 29 a game. So there is a little bit of scope for improvement there for Valanciunas, and I'd try, just try and be targeting him yeah, on a soft trade to see what you can get. De'Aaron Fox. Fox had been putting up some really big numbers, and then I think I talked him up, and he shit the bed. He's the 40th ranked player over the last two weeks and 52nd over the last week, averaging just 34 fantasy points. I think he can be a 40 plus fantasy point per game scorer, but at the moment, he's nowhere near that. The shooting is way off. He's averaging under 16 real life points. Nine assists and two steals is good, but he hasn't blocked a shot in his last four games. And that scoring and, and in particular, the usage is way down. He's a 30% usage guy this season. He's down to 25% over the last four games. That's curiously low. So there is some scope here for a guy like Fox, who I think can be close to a top 20 fantasy point per game player, that when you look at his season rank of 38th, and you look at his numbers over the last week of 52nd, you could get a top 40 guy maybe in there for Fox and and say, hey, the Kings are shitting the bed. They're horrible at the moment. Um, Fox is struggling. Who knows? Maybe they tank. Maybe they rest. All that sort of stuff you can throw out there. And then you might be able to get some value back on De'Aaron Fox or in a trade for De'Aaron Fox. Andy Wiggins, he is the 69th ranked player over the course of this season. Giggity! Um, 89th over the last week, down to under 28 points per game, averaging 18 points. And the reason is, is one of the things that Wiggins has been so good at this year is blocking shots, averaging 1.2 per game. He's had one block shot over the last four. And that's a big difference. In a standard fantasy points league, that counts for three points. So instead of averaging 1.2, he's averaging a full block per game fewer, which is three fantasy points, which goes from 28 points down to 31 points. Like that's basically the difference here, is the shot blocking is off, and that means a 20, 25 spot ranking drop. That's how tight these middle areas of fantasy ranks are, that you lose one block per game, three fantasy points, and you drop 25 spots. So there's a, a whole bunch of stuff that changes in terms of um, production just based on that one thing. And I think that's where we sit with Wigo. His scoring numbers are also a little bit, uh, or actually they're a little bit up. But I think he can push it somewhat high, maybe even to 19 points per game this year. And then lastly for points leagues, I've got to include him as well. The Jedi is here as well, 128th over the last week, averaging 23 fantasy points. He's not as good in points leagues as he is in category leagues, but he is still averaging 29 fantasy points over the course of the season. And a guy that's dropped down to 23 since returning from injury definitely has some value as, as a buy low player. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. Subscribe, thumbs up, comments, all that stuff. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>